You are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. This episode is being dropped on the 26th day of November, 2019, and we're going to be talking about the Phillies. We're going to be talking about the Dodgers, and we're going to be talking about me scratching my head a little bit over the whole Astros cheating thing and why we're stopping the investigation at just the Astros. What the hay is going on there? I'll tell you what the hay is going on here. We are available on the free and easy to use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Podbean, all the places you get podcasts. You know how to get podcasts. You're listening to one right now. Maybe you're on the website. Maybe you're at lockdownmlb.com. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, including How She Did It with Amanda Smith and lots of great shows about basketball, about hockey, about, about college sports, about the NFL, whatever you like. We got it. It's the biggest and best daily sports podcast network you're going to find. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnMLB. You can follow me, your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Man, everyone has been sending me tweets, texts, Instagram messages, whatever, to have me talk more about this cheating scandal involving the Astros and banging the, the the trash cans and everything like that. I really don't have a whole hell of a lot to say about it. They were cheating and they caught, they got caught. And Mike Fires is, you know, blew the whistle on him. And I, we've seen video of you hear the trash can going boom, boom, on the, when it's a changeup, boom, 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 when it's, a, when it's a slider or whatever the code was. And it's like, yeah, that pretty much matches up. They were cheating. And they should be punished in one way. They're, you're not going to reverse the 2017 World Series. I did a whole podcast on this subject. And I get it. Yeah, they cheated. They got caught. And it's a hell of a lot more fun to talk about that sort of stuff and to wonder, like, oh, man, they were cheating. It reminds me of, you know, pine tar stuff and emery boards and spitballs. When the cheating is not illegal, when the cheating is not you know, collusion and and financial damage. It's much more fun to talk about that than like the contracting of 42 minor league teams, which is going to be a subject of a podcast later this week because I just don't really have the energy to talk about right now. I find it so disgusting. And it's more fun to think about, hey, they were were cheating, they got caught. I really don't have a hell of a lot more to say than that. Except that it's bizarre that Rob Manfred is basically saying, well, it's just the Astros. What? What? Really? 29 other teams. Did I tell you they're the only ones doing it? You know? They're the only ones doing it. Seriously. I don't believe that. I do not believe you. And we found this. It reminds me of like when the steroid thing happened. It was like, well, it's only a handful of players. No, it wasn't. It was a lot of them. In fact, I tell you what we should do in terms of this cheating and banging on the trash can thing. We should ask Jose Canseco. Do you know why? Jose Canseco is always right. You may not like what he has to say, but when has he been wrong? At least in terms of cheating stuff. So come on, like, hey Jose, what do you what do you think about it? And why do we think it's only the Astros? I bet the Red Sox did it in 2018. 
You don't believe me? Alex Cora was the bench coach when they were banging the, the trash can. Dun, 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 dun. The next year, Alex Cora waters over the Red Sox. They win the World Series, beating the Astros. How do we know they weren't beating the trash can? And as a Red Sox fan, I say thank you. Beat that trash can. If you're a Marlins fan, you say, how the hell do we beat a trash can? Give us a trash can to beat senseless, to cheat, to get that win. Is that something that we admire? No. Is it honest? Yes. We want our teams to win. And this is something kind of fun and silly. And if they're caught, fine. This is not about the integrity of the game. The integrity of the game is at stake. Oh, go to hell. We all know players are constantly finding edges and finding stuff that is, you know, bending the rules left and right, corking their bats, putting super balls in it, stealing signs. We know that's part of the game. And what's also part of the game is you got caught. You got caught putting pine tar on it. There's even an understanding that, like, yo, you're, we know Clay Buckholz's hair is basically three-quarters pine tar. That we, oh, I'm just reaching, just rubbing my hand through my hair because I'm vain. And, oh, there's an extra zip on my ball. Everyone knows that. Wink, wink. Yeah, we know he's doing it. What they don't want it is when it's Michael Pineda with a big glob on it. You know, to be glob of pine tar on his neck that everyone can see. He gets thrown out for that. I know lots of Yankee fans were like, oh, Clay Buckholz does it. Yeah, but he's more clever about it. We're punishing him not for cheating, but for getting caught. It's always part of the game. The curveball was initially considered cheating. The spitball was considered part of the damn game. So was spiking the ball and scuffing it. Yeah, we know Whitey Ford was scuffing the ball. We know that Phil Necro was doing weird stuff with the ball. We know that Gaylord Perry's putting Christ knows what on the ball. And that's kind of the wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, they didn't get caught. Yeah, he was doing it. Well, what are you going to do? They won the game. Yeah, the 1951 Giants were stealing signs from center field. Do we condone that? No, but it's kind of funny. I mean, look, at I'm just, I remember someone saying, and if I'm repeating myself, please forgive me, I do a lot of these. I remember a Yankee fan calling up uh, WFAN when Jason Giambi mysteriously got sick and ineffective in 2004 and lost like 30 pounds. And everyone was saying, oh, I wonder what happened. I think he got sick. I wonder if he got a virus. We all know what happened. And, 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 and Giambi did a press conference where he apologized, but he didn't say what he was apologizing for. We all know what was happening. He went cold turkey off of steroids and suddenly he wasn't that good. That just happened to be 2004. And the Yankees could have used an extra bat in that postseason. I don't know if you remember how that ended. And the Red Sox were nice and juiced up. And I remember a fan calling up WFA and I referred to, he said, he wasn't mad that Giambi took steroids. He was mad he stopped taking them in 2004. You know, there's always going to be little things like that, little ways that you cheat. And when you get caught, you pay the price. How is the answer? How are they going to pay the price? I don't know. They'll lose a draft pick or two, or they'll lose slot money, or... They'll, you know, they'll be, you know, forced to wear bad uniforms. I don't know. I don't know. 
But to say it was only the Astros is insane. Of course it wasn't only the Astros. I bet it was the 2018 Red Sox. I bet it was other teams. I bet the Marlins tried it. So if you want to crack down on that, fine. There, are, I think baseball is much bigger fish to fry, quite frankly. You know, they have other things they need to worry about than banging on a trash can. Like, hey, knock that off. Ah, do you want? You got caught doing it. You're suspended. Okay. Yep. Yep. I did it. I did it. It's like when Manny Ramirez was caught taking steroids, he was like, "Yep. All right. Bye. What's my suspension?" You know, you get caught, do the time. If you could get away with it, everyone kind of, I think he did. I think he stole that sign. You know, it's just part of the game. And just everyone deal with it for a minute. Can we deal with it? I think we can. I'd like to. But I must say, it's a hell of a lot more fun than some other things that were about legality, about collusion, about finances. This is, to me, kind of goofy. And I'm not going to get that upset about it. All right, the Dodgers have had an unbelievably successful decade in the 2010s, especially when you consider that they started the decade with the embarrassing McCourt family and the divorce and the the financial mishandling of the team and the potential bankruptcy of the team. And the LA, the Dodgers of all teams, were going to face bankruptcy because of the incompetent owner. New, the MLB stepped in, remember that? They had to step in. And take out the McCourts. By the way, McCourts tried to buy the Red Sox. Red Sox fans, could you imagine how awful our lives would be if the McCourts bought the Red Sox from the Yawkey Trust? We'd still be talking about the 1918 World Series and, and pining for glory. So let's be thankful for little things. The McCourts were taken out, new ownership was put in, and all of a sudden they win the NL West in 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. Boom! Seven straight years winning the NL West. A couple pennants thrown in there. A few hundred win seasons thrown in there. Some big postseason games and walk-off hits and all this glory. Except they haven't won a title. And there's some things that could make you worried about the Dodgers' chances in 2020. Because not everything lasts forever. And if you don't win a title in some run, eventually it catches up to you. Yeah, even some of the big teams... It caught up to the Yankees. They missed the playoffs a few years. It caught up to big teams like the Tony La Russa A's. It caught up to teams like the Cleveland Indians of the uh, 1990s. It caught up to the Bobby Cox Braves. Eventually, not every team can sustain it. It's why the seven years of being in the playoffs year in and year out as a division champ is a tremendous accomplishment, which nobody will give them credit for until they win a World Series. It's just like all the great years that the Washington Nationals had finally culminated in a title. Now they can relax. But is this time for a slight facelift with the Dodgers going into 2020? Not to take Dave Roberts out of it. Yeah, he wet the bed in a couple of things in the postseason, and he's made some strange postseason decisions, but he's a fine manager. But some things are concerning if you're a Dodger fan. Yes, Walker Bueller is still on the team, and he's going to be tremendous. But Hyunjin Ryu is a free agent. And yes, the Dodgers could go off and resign him, but he could be swept into other teams. A team like San Diego, a team like Texas, a team like Seattle, a team like the Angels. 
teams that need pitching. Ryu would be a nice fit for some of those teams. And Clayton Kershaw's a year older, and he's no longer Kershaw the Great. He's still a good pitcher, but he's no longer the Cy Young contender that he was a few years ago. And Rich Hill is going to be hurt for the first... He's gone through a major surgery. He's going to miss at least the first half of the season. So the Dodgers have to win the 2020 World Series. I mean, the urgency is just... I mean, it was a fever pitch in 2019. And I thought they were going to win the World Series, quite frankly. And if they held on to that lead in the eighth inning of the fifth game of the division series, or if Will Smith's ball hit the the wall in right center field like everyone thought it was going to be a walk-off hit, I think the Dodgers would have creamed the St. Louis Cardinals. And I don't know what they would have done against the Astros. It was a, that probably would have been evenly matched, but they probably would have won. And then we wouldn't be having this conversation. Just like we're not having this conversation about the Nationals. Just like we don't have this conversation about the Astros. Or about the Red Sox. Or the Cubs, for that matter. So, they need to have this. Now, I think they should really be in the market for Garrett Cole. It's almost a foregone conclusion that he's going to sign with the Angels, or if not the Angels, and the Yankees. Why not the Dodgers? Why not? He's a Southern California kid and all that stuff. But who cares about that? You're the Dodgers. You got to win now. I don't care if a draft pick's attached. You have to win now. If the Dodgers win the 2020 World Series, then all of the shortcomings they've had, all of the frustrating losses would simply be prologue because that's the way it was for the Nats. Blowing it in 2012, losing the 18-inning game in 2014, losing game five of the Division Series at home in 2016 and 2017 were mere prologue to winning the World Series this year. Those just made that series sweeter. If the Dodgers win the 2020, all the failures that led up to it would just be, oh man, it just made it sweeter. Just made it sweeter. And alas, that would be the case. Do they go in and sign Rendon? Do they wind up trading a couple players? Do they wind up moving a Turner? Do they wind up moving a Verdugo to try to bring a Corey Kluber? Now, Corey Kluber probably has only one or two more good years left in him, but maybe that one year is what they need. Sometimes saying, you know what, we're not looking for long term. We need you to Jack Morris this. Jack Morris was brought to the Twins and the next year to the Blue Jays because they needed someone to give them a ton of innings who has been there, done that, and would win a bunch of games and deliver a title. I know Jack Morris is not the most popular guy to talk about in terms of some of the sabermetrics crowd, but, you know, he showed up to the Twins and they won. He showed up to the Blue Jays and they won. Maybe they need to do something like that, something drastic. Like when the Blue Jays traded Tony Fernandez and Fred McGriff to bring in Robbie Alomar and Joe Carter. I think that worked out pretty well. Maybe they need to do something to kind of change the vibe of the team a little bit. I don't know. But they got to do something. The other team's got to do something in order to have a reunion of the 2008 and 2009 National Championship Series of the Phillies. Now, the Phillies haven't had a winning season since 2011. I'm a broken record talking about that. And... You know, we talked about it, you know, I've talked about it a bunch of times, and I really think they are also in a position, because of all the moves they've made, because they brought in Arietta, they brought in Robertson, they brought in McCutcheon, 
They brought in JT Riomuto. They they gave a 13-year deal to Bryce Harper. And all those things. And they still couldn't get above 500. So they get rid of Gabe Kapler. In comes Joe Girardi, who is a much better manager than Gabe Kapler. But that's really not much of a compliment. Just talk to any... Talk to any Philly fan about what it's like to follow a Gabe Kapler-run team. He was playing players out of position. He was playing, putting together weird lineups. Let's get Girardi in there, who's shown he's a good manager. Should be the Mets manager, but he's with the Phillies. and he's gonna, I think he's going to do a terrific job with the Philadelphia Phillies. But I think we all saw one of the big problems the Phillies had, and I was on a Baseball PhD, great podcast I'm a guest on from time to time, talking about the Phillies needed to make a deal for Madison Baumgartner during the season. Now, as it turned out, the Giants went on a run, and it was clear that dealing away the players who are most associated with Bruce Bochy would be a PR disaster and really not something that they were willing to do, so they kept all of them and blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Now, you know, we've all said goodbye, and Baumgartner's clearly played his final game with the Giants. He would be a great addition to the Phillies. He's no longer Bumgarner the Great. But you're bringing in someone who at least would say, okay, here's your spot. You've been there. You've done that. We don't have to really worry about you. We have someone we don't have to worry about the pressure of pitching in a big game and everything like that. And you know what I think you also do? You dust off Cole Hamels. Why not? The Phillies fans would love that because it would remind them of 2008, the World Series, which they couldn't stop celebrating because they kept Ryan Howard and Jeremy, uh, uh, Jimmy Rollins, sorry, Chase Utley, Carlos Ruiz, and all those players, Cliff Lee. Well, actually, Cliff Lee wasn't on 2008, but, but you know what I'm saying. They kept that team together probably two or three years too long to the point where some of those players had no trade value. Well, now bring back Hamels. He's a free agent. And you're not asking for a long-term deal. You're not asking for a long-term success from Bumgarner or Hamels. Just join Arietta and Pavetta and a couple of the other arms in there. Next thing you know, you got a decent starting rotation. You got Girardi knows what he's doing. You got to push the chips to the center of the table. You know, the Dodgers have to win in order to justify this great run. The Phillies need to win in order to justify all the money that they've spent. And to give Phillies fans something, something to cling to. Because, you know, look it. We all know that the Phillies had that great success in 2008 and 2009. And it was a great, you know, and they and they had some tremendous teams. But as Liz Rocher, who's my guest on the show yesterday, pointed out, 2008 was 11 years ago. They need to hit the big old reset. So as we move into this next decade... The Phillies and Dodgers winning and getting that out of the way could be a big step for those two franchises, and there's a real sense of urgency with the Dodgers, and a, well, let's say an equal but different sense of urgency with the Phillies. It could be a makeover and a bringing in one of those free agents. Why not Rendon? Why not Dallas Keuchel? Why not Dodgers? Why not? And why not let some of those other players walk? And sort of change a little bit of the complexion of the team. And for the Phillies, look, if you spent all this money and you sacrificed all these draft picks, then you better have something to show for it. And a 500 season ain't it. And I know my mother hates the word ain't, but I said it for emphasis. And I'm going to say this for emphasis. 
They were on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Podbeam, all the places you get your podcast. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. This has been the Locked On MLB podcast for what day is it? It's the 26th day of November 2019. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. You know what you can do? You can call me Sullivan.